Amen. What a great, what a great honor it is to be able to join with you this morning in your home to worship God. Uh, this has been a unique several weeks. This is our fourth Sunday of live streaming only. And look at what the Lord has done in those four Sundays. He has given us such blessed comfort, such peace of mind. He has put his hedge of protection around us. He's comforted us in so many different ways. And he has increased our faith and multiplied us in, in many different ways. I want to uh, thank you for your faithful attendance to the live stream and in your faithfulness to giving. Uh, I want to tell you that we're marching on. We're making progress. Uh, this virus and the subsequent uh, restrictions that have followed its outbreak in our nation has not slowed the work of God. It has not slowed the progress that the church is making. I want to thank you, Tree of Life Church, for your faithfulness in giving. I want you to know the church is all right, and the church is going to be all right. And, and it is because of your faithful giving. And uh, we're so grateful to you for that, and we're grateful to the Lord for that. Not only is your faithfulness uh, seen in tithe and offering and, and strengthening the church, but, but ready now is progressing. Somehow, some way, all of this plays into the plan of God for our Ready Now project. And, and we, we certainly did not foresee it, but we, we just know God to be a great God. And we know God to be a loving God. And we know God to, to be all wise. And nothing catches him by surprise. So I, I do want to give you a Ready Now update. And, uh, and I want to share with you, uh, just, just I, I found this to be so beautiful. Uh, we have, since we've not been having services, since we've not been having services, which began on uh, March 13th, that weekend of March 13th. It was March 15th when we did our first live stream only. Since March 13th until now, uh, this before this Sunday, we have received in, in Ready Now offerings, just Ready Now offerings, $35,524.05. You ought to give God some praise for that. Just in Ready Now offerings, $35,524.05. Bringing our Ready Now total to 2 million one hundred thirteen thousand. $643.65. Isn't God good? Who, who could have imagined that, that even in the midst of these difficult times, that God would just multiply in such a beautiful way as he has. I thank you for your giving. I thank you for your continued faithfulness, not only in giving, but in attendance to this live stream and to some of the other uh, uh, ministries that we're producing during this time. I thank you for that. It's going to strengthen you and your family during uh, an, a, just a, a very uncertain time. And, and the, the, let me make sure I'm clear. The time is uncertain, but God is proving to be, just as we've always known him to be, a faithful God who comforts us and strengthens us for the road ahead, and we give God the praise for that. This is Palm Sunday, and we welcome you to the Palm Sunday live stream. And uh, this is, of course, the day of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem when he came in riding upon a donkey. 
And, and the Bible says that the people grabbed, grabbed palm leaves and waved them and sang, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is the King who has come to save us. And Hosanna simply means, oh, save. How appropriate in this hour that we would sing, oh, save. We need him to save us right now. We need him to save so many people, brothers and sisters all across our world. And, and so what an appropriate message of, oh, save. Now, you may have some palm leaves handy in your living room. I don't have palm leaves handy where I'm standing, but I do have palms. These are our palm leaves today. So just wave those palms. Wave your hands unto the Lord and say, Lord, oh, save. Oh, save your people. Oh, save your church. Oh, save those who are suffering. Oh, save our nation. Oh, save this world, Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, save. Thank you, Lord. And it's just an honor to be able to speak to you today. Before I begin delivering the word of the Lord, I do want to, uh, I do want to mention that tonight at 8 o'clock, from 8 o'clock to 8.30, it'll be a 30-minute uh, uh, teleconference call for our frontline workers, uh, medical workers, uh, healthcare providers, those involved in nursing homes, the funeral industry, law enforcement, uh, firefighting, paramedics, uh, grocers, truckers, people who work in essential businesses that cannot, uh, cannot uh, stay in but have to go out into the midst of this uh, craziness. Uh, we want you to join us at 8 o'clock, from 8 o'clock to 8.30. Uh, we're going to be uh, just giving a word of encouragement and a time of of the Word of God and prayer over you as you go forth into uh, your week starting tomorrow morning. And uh, this is going to be a blessing to you. So do reach out to us on our inbox on Facebook to get that information, and we will provide that to you. It's been a blessing the last two Sundays. We're going to continue doing it uh, because we want to encourage those uh, who, are, who are in the middle of this crisis. And, and we see people who are traveling from other parts of the nation to New York City because of the outbreak that has exploded in New York City and so there are there are many people who are are on the front lines of this who are facing uh, great uncertainty and a lot have dealing with a lot of fear dealing with a lot of uh, anxiousness and we want to be there to to just uphold them by the word of life and give them any kind of strength they can receive from the presence of the Lord. So tonight from 8 o'clock to 8.30, you can call in and, and hear the word of the Lord and hear a praise uh, report and, and a, a time of just seeking God, hearing from God, and being strengthened for the week ahead. So please do join us on that call. And to be a part of it, if you could contact uh, our inbox uh, message on Facebook, Tree of Life Church. Thank you so much for doing that. From the book of Romans, chapter 8, beginning with verse 35, the word of the Lord reads as follows. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. 
Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning on the subject, no separation from God's love. No separation from God's love. Could you just bow your head there with me wherever you may be? We're going to pray that God will bless his word this morning. Lord, I, I thank you. Oh, how I thank you. Lord, I thank you in these times that your word has been a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And it seems that as the hour grows darker, your, your light shines brighter, brighter than ever before. And I thank you for that, that we can trust in you, that we can call upon your mighty name, that we can look to these scriptures that have served as, as inspiration to us all our lives. And here they are today, stronger than ever, more, more, more pressing and, and pertinent even now than maybe we've even known them to be because our lives were more comfortable than they are right now. But God, you are a present help in the time of trouble. And we give you praise and we worship your name. I ask for your blessing upon this word today. I ask your blessing upon the preaching of your word. Let it reach to our hearts. For that we give you praise in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And the church said, in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may lean back in your seat. And we're going to have a good time in the Word of God this morning. This matter of, of the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Rome, these words where if you have been a student of the Scriptures for some time, these words are probably not unfamiliar to you. Uh, if you have not come across these words, what a joy they are and what an inspiration they are to know that nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. That's a comfort to us and an encouragement to us, especially considering that you're not able to sit here and hear the preaching of the word. And there's just no place like Tree of Life Church on a Sunday morning. There just simply isn't. There's something absolutely magnificent about when we all come together and worship the Lord. There is a, there's a joy that just overflows in this, in this room. Well, that same joy is still overflowing in a unique way but it's still overflowing. I can feel the joy of the Lord moving out from his word into your homes, into your places of, of, of observation and worship. And, and it's a beautiful thing that we can receive from the Lord in that way. I want to thank you for your uh, seasoned spiritual maturity in this time, that you are able to live for God and serve God even when you're not able to come to a physical building and worship him corporately. I think that that is something to rejoice about. That the church is not only 
Not only are we surviving, but the church is surging in this hour. Ministry that has just proliferated uh, throughout our world as a result of the church leaving a physical location temporarily and going out into the world, just as Jesus said, into the highways and into the byways. And so we're very grateful for that. And I want to thank you and commend you for your seasoned spiritual maturity. I know there's been a great debate in the Christian community and in our, on our national stage about whether people should worship or should not worship. Some have, have chosen to continue worshiping even in uh, defiance of certain uh, government restrictions to worship together in a physical location. Our position is at Tree of Life Church that this is an opportunity for the church to, to learn and to know that God is God wherever you are. We'll be back here worshiping together. And in fact, we're going to have to batten down the hatches for that first day we come back. We're just, we might need a new building immediately after that first service because I know there's going to be a great uh, resounding shout of joy from the camp. And so we're looking forward to that. But until then, this is an opportunity for the church to grow in a different way, to be deepened in a different way. So that's our position. We, we, we don't believe that it's wise right now for people to gather in large clusters. And, and, and this virus is a contagion, a, 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 is a level of contagion that is unlike any kind of a pandemic we've ever seen. And not only is it a level of contagion that is unprecedented, but it, it does have the ability to be fatal. And we have seen many people pass away, sadly, uh, not here, thankfully, but, but in other parts of the nation and world at a dramatic rate, people that we know. And, and it's a very sad thing to see. So this thing does have the ability to be fatal. Now, with that in mind, and, and with that being a reality, it's not that we don't believe that God can heal. We know that God can heal. We know that God does heal. But we also know that God gave us wisdom. And we know that God gave us instructions as to how to handle a, a plague or a pandemic or something of a large catastrophic scale. And he instructed us not to tempt the Lord thy God. It actually is written, as Jesus said, when he was tempted to cast himself down from the, from the temple and let the angels bear him up to test to see if the word of God was real and right and true. And Jesus responded, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So we do not tempt the Lord our God. In these circumstances, we take precautions. And what a beautiful thing to find out that here is God in the middle of these precautions. He didn't leave us. He didn't forsake us. We find him even closer to us in our homes. And so, so we, we do not have a, a bad attitude toward those who continue to worship. We wish that they would we wish that they would abide by the restrictions that have been brought to us by uh, civic leaders. Uh, this is not, we do not believe this is government persecution of religious freedoms. We do not believe that's what this is. If that's where 
what this was, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now, which is preaching to you on the internet. The, the, the challenge is not that we can't preach, it's that we can't gather right now. In, instead, of, instead of this being religious persecution, it's actually a, a, an emboldening of those who practice religious freedom. We are preaching to more people now than we were before this virus started. So we literally have the opportunity to preach to exponentially more people than ever before. People are tuning in to what the Lord is doing and what the Lord is saying. So, so we're going to accept this time as an opportunity to draw closer to God, to find God in ways we perhaps haven't even seen him before, and it's already happening. I, I just I feel so close to the Lord in this hour, and I know that you do too because you've been looking to him and seeking his face. So there's no separation from the Lord. There might be separation from our normal schedule. There might be separation from, from even family members. I know that, that, that we've had to kind of segment families in, in different areas. People have had to, to go into their own homes and not even be with their parents and grandparents and children. And it is sad, that aspect of it, and, and that can even produce feelings of loneliness. That can produce feelings of, of uh, you know, uh, even feelings like you're, you're all by yourself in isolation, and, and you are. This will pass. But, but I want you to know that you're never separated from the love of Almighty God. Now, Paul talks about this, and I think it's significant that it's Paul doing the talking. Because if we look back on the life of Paul, there's, there's one characteristic that stands out about the Apostle Paul that is so unique. The Apostle Paul actually was on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. We know him, of course, as being the apostle to the Gentiles who brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to, to, to the uttermost parts of the world. But before that happened, the apostle Paul was an absolute enemy of the church of the living God. You talk about religious persecution. He took preachers out and stoned them until they died. This was a man who did practice religious persecution and persecution of the Christians. The Apostle Paul, though, had an amazing conversion experience. The Bible said that he was on his way to Damascus, and he was, he was equipped with letters that authorized him to persecute the Christians. He would go into their homes. He would go into their houses. We're thankful to be able to worship God in our houses. We're actually encouraged by the, the government of the United States of America to please go into your homes and worship God in your homes and broadcast this to whosoever will. We ought to give God praise for that. We ought to magnify God that he has given us. Even in this time of pandemic, this, it opened a door of opportunity for the church to do things on a scale that perhaps we weren't doing before because we, were, we had grown kind of comfortable with the way it was set up. I'm telling you, this has forever changed the boldness of the people of God. We're going to roar out of this, out of this isolation and quarantine like, like the lions God made us to be. And we're going to have boldness and strength and power and faith and courage. And it's bubbling up within us now. We can't wait to do even more for God. But he, Paul, who was Saul then, 
went into these homes and would pull them out. And the Bible said he wreaked havoc. He wreaked havoc. This was who he was. While he's on this road, equipped with letters on hand that authorized him to murder and martyr Christians, there was a, an experience that he described. A great light began to shine above the brightness of the sun. And when he saw it, it knocked him, it knocked him off of his beast of burden, and he was blind. But the voice that spoke to him was the voice of God. It was the voice of Jesus Christ. When Saul said, who are you, Lord? He was saying, who are you, Jehovah? And Jehovah said, I am Jesus, who you have been persecuting. And it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to fight against me. It's hard to kick against the pricks. It's, it's difficult, isn't it, Saul, for you to, to come at me the way you have? Because you're dealing with a power that's greater than your own. And Saul was humbled on that road to Damascus. He was blinded. And, and as the story would unfold, this would change his life forever. Now, I want you to imagine with me what Saul must have been feeling as he lay there with letters on his person authorizing him to murder Christians. And he is standing under the very obvious and awesome power of Almighty God who is telling him, I am Jesus. I'm Jesus, who you've been persecuting. In this moment, Saul realizes that the God of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New Testament. And here he is. He's caught with, with inflammatory evidence that absolutely proves his malicious intent. Surely, in his Mind that was raised as a Pharisee, raised as letter of the law only. This man who, who is trying to, to come to terms with the fact that I've been persecuting people for worshiping God. Surely he could have imagined the Lord pouring out an Old Testament indignation upon him. And no such thing happened. Instead, the Lord told him, look, I've got designs for you. I have plans for your life. I want to use you. I want to anoint you. Let this be a moment where things change, where things shift, where things turn in your life. Don't be afraid by this, this phenomenon. It wasn't the sun that was shining bright. It was a great light shining above the brightness of the sun. This was a, this was a natural phenomenon. This was something Saul had never seen before. And it struck him down onto the road to Damascus. And he's, he's looking up, he's blinded, and he's sure that he will die. But instead of being stricken and, and wiped off the face of the earth, Saul is given mercy. He's granted grace. And notice what he said to the church at Rome. He said, I've got a question for you. And it's a rhetorical question, but here it is. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? He said, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. These things can't separate us from the love of Christ. And then he said, I am persuaded 
that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I am persuaded. What an awesome thing to be able to say. I am persuaded. And I'm going to tell you something. If you had some questions before this started, by the time this is over, you're going to be persuaded. If you had some doubt before this thing got so difficult and so challenging, you're going to come out of this different than when it started. You're going to be persuaded that nothing shall be able to separate you from the love of Christ. That height can't do it. That depth can't do it. That no principality, and that means government. So, so I, even though the government has come out and said, look, we need you guys to stop getting together in hundreds and thousands, and we need you to go on the internet and preach to millions and millions, but they can't separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, because his love passes through walls. His love can permeate any environment you're in. His love can reach you regardless of how low you've fallen, regardless of how far you've walked, regardless of how off the path you have strayed. His love can reach you. His love can reach to the uttermost. And Paul tells the church at Rome in the eighth chapter of the book of Romans, he said, look, listen, I I know this is true because it was me that was on that road to Damascus. It was me who deserved to die. It was me who deserved to be set aside and, and, and selected for the wrath of God. But God poured his love upon me. He poured his mercy upon me. He gave his grace unto me. And now I'm persuaded. And nothing can change the persuasion I have in my spirit. I am persuaded. I think sometimes we feel in the back of our mind like we have bad things coming to us. Because we're flawed. Because we are human beings who have made mistakes. And, and we know the mistakes we've made. We're not fooling ourselves. We know the mistakes we've made. And we know what we've done perhaps that's wrong. And I'm preaching to people today, wherever you may be, you've got stuff in your past that you feel guilty about even today. You have stuff that you have done wrong, maybe stuff that's going on right now that you, that you feel like because it has been that way and because you've done that thing and, and, and you've participated in those things that, that maybe, maybe this is the judgment of God that's going to come on you. And this problem that's developing, maybe you've got it coming to you. I remember Jacob having that feeling. Jacob had deceived his father Isaac. He had taken advantage of his brother Esau. He left with a birthright and a blessing, neither of which belonged to him. But he took them. He got them. And the next 20 years, he was mistreated and cheated and abused by Laban. 
And Jacob let it happen because he kind of thought he had it coming to him. And that's our mentality a lot of times. We think, well, it makes sense. I've been waiting and wondering for when this thing is going to happen, this, this bad set of circumstances. But I, I, want to, I want you to look back at God again. I want you to look back at the cross again. I want you to look back at the love of Jesus Christ and understand that God is for you. He's not against you. He is for you. And, and the scripture says to us in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, just a little before this passage we read, he said, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? God wants to save you. God wants to heal you. God wants to deliver you. God wants what is best for you. Also in this chapter, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, he said, We know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. I want you to know that you can turn to God and say to God right now, right where you are, regardless of what you've done, you can say, Lord, I want to repent of my sins. I want to turn. I want to turn from my wicked ways. And I want to serve you. Listen, if you have something in the back of your mind that you feel has you pinpointed and targeted for the judgment of God, if you have something in your spirit that has you in his crosshairs and the devil is just pouncing on you and beating on you, telling you that you have this coming to you. I want to read to you from the word of the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 20. Listen to what it says. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. This is talking about a spiritual death. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. Notice this in verse 21. But if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he hath committed, and keep all my statutes, and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live, he shall not die. All his transgressions that he hath committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him. In his righteousness that he hath done, he shall live. Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, saith the Lord God, and not that he should return from his ways and live? Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't a time to, 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 to lower your head and say that all is lost that you've got some bad thing coming your way and that you deserve this, this is a time to humble yourself before God, turn from your wicked ways, and know with confidence that if the wicked shall turn away from his wickedness and turn to the righteousness of God, the Lord will remember his wickedness no more. He'll only remember the righteousness. That is a beautiful testimony. What a great and glorious message that is. You ought to get your palms, wave them in the air, and say, thank you, Lord, for your great salvation, that the Lord will respond to you when you repent. So if you feel like you don't deserve the love of God, or the grace of God, or the mercy of God, you're right about that. None of us deserve it. 
That's why it's amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. He'll pour out his mercy upon us even though we don't deserve it. So today, if you're wrestling with that, the Lord just woke me up to tell you, turn from your wicked ways and the Lord will remember your wickedness no more. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Listen to the things he, he said. He said, tribulation. How many feel like you're in the tribulation right now? My goodness, earthquakes. There have been earthquakes, in your, two of them, in Eureka, California in the last week and a half. Carson City, Nevada. Salt Lake City, Utah. Boise, Idaho. Two nights ago, San Diego, California. Of course, we have understood that nation has been rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom. These are fulfillments of the scriptures. And now pestilence on a scale that, that us or anyone in the last 100 years have never seen. This is, a, this is a glimpse into what great tribulation looks like. And so he said, tribulation shall not separate us from the love of Christ. He said, distress shall not separate us from the love, love of Christ. Or persecution. Even, even persecution. We do not believe what we're experiencing is government persecution, but we know government persecution is possible. We've seen it happen in other nations. We've even seen it on smaller scales happen in pockets here in the United States. But, but, but persecution can't separate us from the love of Christ. Famine. Thank God we're not in a famine. It felt like it when the shelves were getting bare on the grocery, in the grocery stores, but thank God that the supply chain has been in effect and those shelves are stocking up and we're not in famine. But famine couldn't separate us from the love of Christ. Nakedness, thank God we have clothes to put on our back. Or peril or sword, thank God we're not in the middle of a war, that there aren't invading armies. There's a lot to be thankful for. I know this is a bad time. I know these are challenging times. But, but thank God for the things that are not happening. Remember back when we, used to, when we used to worry about things that didn't really matter? Remember the good old days four weeks ago when we thought little things were enough to complain about? Remember back when, remember back, oh, long time ago, you know, 24 days ago, when we used to get all uptight and offended over every little thing that didn't go our way, yeah, that, that was then. We, have, we realize how much we have to be thankful for now. And, and, and Paul said, listen, even if the sword fell on you, even if there was nakedness or peril, or even if there was famine, in, if, if there was a combination of these things, it still would not separate us from the love of Christ. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. In all these things, every little bit, all of it, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, and you can't talk me out of it. And this feeling of fear can't talk me out of it. And these feelings of anxiety can't talk me out of it. And these concerns that spike when I read the news, they can't talk me out of it. I am persuaded that death can't separate me from the love of Christ. I'm persuaded that life or angels or principalities or powers or things present or things to come. Now that is a 
That is a broad explanation of what cannot separate us from the love of Christ. He said things to come. He reached kind of the climax of his, of his instruction and he said, it, you, it doesn't matter. I could put any word to it and it would not separate me from the love of Christ. I, you, can, you can describe any kind of a sci-fi scenario and it will not separate us from the love of Christ. Nor things to come. Who could have imagined that this, as we have seen it, would, would come to this? Where everybody throws their hands up. The government throws their hands up. The medical professionals throw their hands up. The church goes immediately into intercessory prayer. And the whole world says, we don't know what to do about it. Paul said, if that ever happens, nor things to come, whatever they may be, they will not be able to separate us from the love of Christ. I know you might be separated from your favorite restaurants right now. But you're not separated from the love of Christ. I got some takeout from a restaurant we like to go to last week. I walked in and it was like a family reunion. They were so happy to see some of my business come in, my, some money come in. And I was so happy to see that those chips and salsa. It was a family reunion. But you, you may be separated from your favorite restaurant. You may be separated from your, your favorite event locally. You may be separated from some of your hobbies. You may be separated from your social life or your family. I've seen, I've seen beautiful, heartwarming uh, videos of grandparents waving it at their grandchildren and their children who are driving by and, and they wish so bad that they could connect with them. And in this time, it's just not, it's just not a prudent thing to do. We've done the same with our family, just trying to, to connect how we can and, and recognizing the limitations that do exist. And that feeling of separation is a real feeling. But nothing shall be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And I want you to know today that there is, there is nothing that could ever come on the horizon. David said it this way. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. That actually happened. That was an event that did occur. Then he switched to the hypothetical and said, though war should rise against me, my heart will not fear. Though an host should encamp against me, in this will I be confident. What he's trying to tell you is that because of what I've already experienced, I'm persuaded that nothing to come could ever separate me from the power and the love of my God. In that same psalm, Psalm 27, verse 13, the psalmist said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I want you to know that you can today believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Right here, right now, you can see the goodness of the Lord. I, I, 
I know there are a lot of people that are suffering right now. I know there are a lot of people who are facing circumstances that seem far beyond their control and are. And yet I also know not even that can separate them from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I remember when my grandmother suffered her car accident that eventually took her life. She lay in a body cast for six months, struggling to live, and eventually she lost her life on earth, gained a crown of life in glory. But I remember just feeling so saddened by her passing and, and even seeing her suffer as she did. And I, I hoped so much that she would be healed. And when she wasn't healed, I, I, I really opened my heart to God and said, Lord, why? why? Why did it have to happen this way for her? She was such a precious, precious person, just, just so precious. And her heart... It was so pure, and her, her treatment of people was so kind. And I, I just said, Lord, why? If, 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 if we give all of our life to you, and then in the end she dies this violent death, why did it have to happen that way? And I remember the Lord interrupting me as I began to pray. I said, Lord, I don't want to die a violent death. I just put that prayer in now. And the Lord just kind of interrupted me and said this. He said, I died a violent death. He took my mind immediately to the cross. And he said to me that his apostles, for the most part, all but one, died a violent death. And he said, did you ever consider why these apostles willingly laid down their life? And he explained to me that they did so because of the fact that they had tasted of the powers of the world to come and they were no longer afraid of this thing called death. Notice what Romans chapter 8 and verse 18 said. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. And so those that are suffering right now, I want you to know that that suffering, it's not even, it's not even worthy to be compared with the glory that the Lord has laid up in store for his saints and, I, and, and he began to minister to me concerning my grandmother's situation. He said, listen, you see her suffering, but I am with her. I am with her and I have not left her. He said, I'm her shepherd. I'm her God. I'm her guide. I am with her even now comforting her and strengthening her and leading her down this path she's traveling. And that's what we find when we face life, life's hardest difficulties. We find that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. We can't fully know that until we walk those paths. We can't know it experientially, I should say. We do know it by faith. And we are persuaded that nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ. The love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Could you just lift up your hands with me right now? 
and give God praise for that. Give God thanks for that. Rejoice in him for he is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. There is none like unto the Lord our God. There is none like unto the Lord our God. He is worthy of all praise. He is worthy of all honor. He is worthy of all worship and devotion and consecration. I don't know what you're facing right now in your own personal life. I know that, that as a whole, all of us can't seem to get our minds off of what the whole world is facing right now. But I know there are other things that crop up in people's lives that are separated from this confrontation with this virus. I want you to turn all of it over to God because all, all these things, in all these things, you are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves you. Could you just receive his love right now? Remember, he loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. He's for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I, my mind goes back to the song of Solomon that he sang in the second chapter. He said this. He said, he brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me was love. You've been brought to a banqueting house of sorts. You've been forced to isolate. You've been brought to this, to this quarantine, to this shelter. Psalm 27 called it his pavilion. Solomon called it his banqueting house. And he said the cover that he put on top of me, the banner that he put over me was love. While you're in the midst of this crisis, I know you can, I know you can read the news and you should know what's going on. You need to wear your masks. You need to wear your gloves. You need to wash your hands. You need to not touch your face. Don't gather in large groups and, and, and stay home, shelter in place. Absolutely. We need to do that over this next couple of weeks. But understand, you're covered by His love. His love overshadows you. His banner over me was love. Just lift your hands as we sing unto the Lord. As we magnify his name. Receive the love of God into your hearts. Receive the word of God into your hearts. Go ahead right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray a prayer over you. And then we're going to, we're going to dismiss in song. But my prayer over you is this. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you will cover your people with your precious love. Remind them again in the midst of this fear, because your perfect love casts out fear. Remind them again that you love them, that you are for them, that you go before them, that you strengthen them, that you overshadow them and you undergird them. And I pray today that you will lift us up in the love of God and cover us with the persuasion of your loving kindness and your tender mercies. We give you praise today in the precious name that is above every name. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Just let the presence of God fill your home.
Sir